It is in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is a typical for the Amina Margot. Bar quickly gets it back again. Oh, what a goal! Well, that sums up her season. Welcome everyone to the deep breath before the plunge, the calm before the storm, a contest between two titans who have dominated the women's game. In the blue corner, a team who currently reside upon the throne of supremacy, and in the red corner, the team looking to claim it back. This is more than just a football match. This is more than just about local pride. This is a fight to determine who truly reigns supreme, not just in the WSL, but in women's football as a whole. The trenches are dug, the battle lines are drawn. Welcome all to the Vic Hakers Wonderland Arsenal versus Chelsea preview podcast. I'm Adam Salter and my co-conspirators are live and ready to pick apart what's going to be the greatest game of the season so far. The magnificent Matt and the lovely Lottie. So firstly, Lottie, how nervous are you about this game? <laughs> Do you know what? I've had so much going on today and after the debacle I have just watched from the men, I'm sitting here thinking I can't, I won't be able to handle back-to-back losses with the amount of games I'm going through in the next seven days. Um, so it's, I'm looking forward to it. I'm absolutely buzzing about the crowd numbers. I think the last time I looked, it was fifty-seven thousand. It's actually up to fifty-eight. Wow! Just got just confirmed. So, just confirmed. Yeah, we're over another 58. record-breaking. Yeah, um, we'll... crowd and it's yeah I'm just really I'm really quite I'm just absolutely really excited just to be back um mostly to see you guys and socialize mm. and because there's I know it's a game I know the game's there and we're all excited to go but it's this to match there there's so much more to it yeah oh other yes than just the football as like as much as I love the football and that's what mm. we're there for there's so much more to it and it's just it's exciting it's like there's gonna be so many people it's gonna be busy hopefully the weather will be all right well, yeah, yeah. No, well, that we'll get on to that. Um, even whoever. Uh, like I said, along with, along with the lovely Lottie is the magnificent Matt. Matt, in a rare change of form, you're coming to this one. You're coming down from the heavens, from from to, from uh, the Wirral to uh, to watch the game with us, and we can't wait. So, are you as excited as we are? You say that like it's a bad thing. And... It's a great thing. We're going to be gracious your parents. This... Home game and everything. I do apologise. This, like, this is like when this is like when the gods come down from Olympus. You know, you you are coming down to see a game with us. It doesn't happen often, and it's. Oh it's God, a... you're casting that line. Aren't you? It's Just really stop winding nice. him up. It's really nice <laughs> to actually be coming to home games for a change. Yes. I, I, getting the the home package has been probably one of the best things that Arsenal have been able to put out Mm. hopefully we get to see more of that in the future I wouldn't be surprised if if eventually the WSL games do all get end up at the Emirates that they do that home package again yeah it'd be nice wouldn't it yeah yeah um but yeah essentially there's only a couple more games left it's this one Tottenham and United Tottenham Tottenham and Tottenham and that's it we're done (laughs) well this year, but I mean, yeah, at the year. Emirates. Tottenham oh, are playing us yes. twice at the Emirates. Yes, <laughs> Unless no, we've got an not. FA Cup game or something yeah, that no, nobody's got... told us about. Yep, yeah, um, Man United at home and then Spurs at home a bit afterwards and yeah. then we're done. 
which yeah. is a shame. But it's been but a good. It's, it's you nice. You never know. There might that. be more matches there. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It's nice to do that though because I've, 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 one reason or another, I haven't been able to go to Bristol away. I haven't been able to go to Man United away. I haven't mm. been able to. Well, obviously, I don't go down to Brighton. It's too far for me <laughs> to travel, which is a did, bit of a shame. Southampton, though. We but I did Southampton. <laughs> so Southampton first first away away game of the season. But there'll be a couple of the usual ones that I'll go to. Lesser away was the other one that I've, yeah. I, I completely usually go to. But again, it's, it's, it's the fact that the TV schedule has made it a bit more conflicting. But it's been a bit more kind in general. Has, let's just has. say that. Well, this one's a 12.30 kickoff, so um, I think we're all... Thank God it's not on 18.45, put it that way. Um, before we begin, just a quick question for because the pair it's in of London, you. it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, put it yeah. that way, well, <laughs> especially for me. That, that, that is true. Yeah, it'll that just be true. worse for people travelling back. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so before we begin, just a quick uh, question for the pair of you. Uh, for me, this is... Uh, I've said it was a lot of games, but for me, this is a game that we can't enjoy. This is a game that we're going to endure rather than enjoy because of what the stakes and because how stressful it is. So a question for the pair of you. What is the game that you have least enjoyed going to or least look forward to going to? Is a game you've, you're dreading or, or resenting? You know, because normally with a game, we're all happy and great to go, but there's always the one game you just think, I just... Uh, well, what I don't, it's, it's got to be any 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 time we play Chelsea. Any time we play Chelsea. Apart from that first game where I first watched watched, watched well <laughs> back to back. Back to back, mm. yeah, that was yeah, that was quite good. Yeah, I've won another one of those, but mm. Emma Hayes is going to do what Emma Hayes does best. Mm. Let's put it that way. For me, it's the Conti Cup final. Just just the nerves I felt going into that game because after, especially what happened with the previous Cup final, we all went yeah. to Chelsea. I, I, Absolutely. Um, it's a Chelsea game. Matt, do you have maybe one or maybe one that's not Chelsea related at all? I don't know. Man United, Liverpool. Um, Everton, Ever, you've been to the Everton games. I mean, is there one that yeah. you've got? No, no, I mean, I don't really tend to get that nervous around these sorts of games. It's only when you're slowly getting towards the end of these sort of games. And like last season, to be honest, we should have been out of the sight. It should have been 2 3 nil, and we didn't put chances. No, Sam Kerr does what Sam Kerr does best against Arsenal and scores and equalises. Arsenal don't have anything left in the locker and it finishes one all. Yeah. And it's just one of those games where you look back on and you think that could have that that could have helped us a little bit more. Those two points, extra two points even because it was a draw. Um, but yeah, I think the final. I think I was a little bit nervy, but that was. But I think what helps. A lot was that there was a fan park. Yes, and there was. Yeah, getting to getting to meet people beforehand, meeting Andreas, and um, a couple of other others around in the supporters club, and everything just to sort of, I think that helped calm the nerves a little bit. And going to the fan at the fan park especially helped because uh, if no one's seen it, there's a nice, lovely picture that I've got of the cannon on one cheek and. I think it's little red and white strips on the other, and yeah. I think I've got something on my forehead as well. Um, <laughs> but, I, 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 but yeah, it's it was it's. Um, I think you ended up covering covering that up with your hat in the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it was just about visible on my my Arsenal hat. So. Yeah, it got a bit cold. So, <laughs> well. Moving on to some of the news. Now, we did cover a lot of the news um, in our, our previous England pod. Do make sure uh, to check that out. We went over both the Nations League games and some other bits of bobs of what it might mean for a future. But there has been some bit of news since, which I wanted to quickly touch on. And Lottie, you did mention this earlier. We're up to 58,000 tickets sold. 
Um, I think, yeah, someone was saying we might even be, I think we're actually even over 58,000. I think there's about 1,500, 1,800, something like that still left. Um, so they are still being sold. Do make sure if you haven't got a ticket, do make sure you get one because we'd love to get another Wolfsburg, another 60,000 in that stadium because that'd be pretty magical. Um, I'm going to come to you for this one, Matt. Um, what would it mean for everyone if we could get 60,000? Could could that, you know, it's a game of fine margins. Is that something that could potentially swing the, the game our way if we have 60,000 in the stadium cheering the players on? Yes, and also no. So... The reason I'm saying no, just being on that, is a lot of the fans that came to the Wolfsburg were not Arsenal fans. They were even neutrals, which I'm fine with, not a problem. It just means that there isn't that huge atmosphere as much as um, there has been, say, mm. in certain areas. So um, you notice this season that, say, um, where I'm sitting, not a lot of people are singing um, in the same block. They're... But there'll be a couple of flags and th- or, um, banners and signs floating around. So it is kind of difficult to build that atmosphere when you're selling these sorts of things. But I think that getting that sort of attendance is great. I'm happy for the neutrals to come along. It's not a problem. I think if as long as that, as long as they don't support Chelsea, if they support that, Arsenal, we're all <laughs> To be fair, I've been in. Arsenal testimony, not testimony, Arsenal um, legends games and people come in with Man United shirts and all sorts. And you thought I was just horrible. Um, but anyway, the, the whole if you could get 60,000, that's huge, not just for us as a team, because it means that in the future you look at other other teams that might come to the Emirates next t- season. Let's mm-hmm. say the likes of Southampton get promoted. Let's say... West Ham aren't there anymore, so they drop down. But say get them in an FA Cup, they might like FA Cup game. Might do you want to try and get it at the Emirates? It's, it's mm. an option. That will be the next thing, wouldn't it? If once we get all the WSL games in, there'll be FA Cup games. But it's going to take a while, and we will do the European games in there as well. Um, it it just shows how it's it is becoming more feasible to move to the Emirates. It's going to take a few more years. We know the contract with Meadow Park; it's got a few more years to run. Um, interesting to see how many games get allocated next season um but we still got two more games to go and hopefully we can get if not 60,000 close to 60,000 40 to 50,000 in both the other games um and it's interesting that Arsenal haven't really heavily advertised this game and it's still drawn in a huge amount of um huge, well tickets sold at least we'll be interesting to see how it translates to attendance the other news the thing that, is oh. it's a case of you've been doing their job for them <laughs> Well, while you say that, I haven't because I've sort of weaned off the whole screenshot thing until like the very end, just to, just to give it the final push. But a lot of the work has been done. I haven't if had to do it from day so. one. <laughs> Last season, yeah, absolutely. From day one, from day one, yep, screenshotting, screenshotting, here's the But you don't have to. And, and it's working great. So fantastic. Less work for me to do. The so other easy news, to reel in. Yeah, the other news, and this, you know, it's slightly sadder news, unfortunately, with this game. Um, there have been comments made by an ex-player who shall remain unnamed um about women in football in the media um which i think are just repulsive and just just insane um so i don't want to focus too much on them but i wanted to um talk more positively about some of our favorite female pundits presenters com- uh, commentators writers um and give them a shout out um so i was going to come to you with this on lottie first um who is your is there a particular writer commentator presenter that you think deserves a shout out for the great work they're doing in football Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? I can't pronounce her name. She's a commentator. 
Minnestein? My dad used to play football. Yeah. Yep. Ren- Pierre Minnestein. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yep. Yeah. She, she, I just, she's one of my favourite contact, uh, like, play, um, commentators. Okay. And she knows, she knows the players. She knows the numbers. She knows her stuff. And then you get people like, I hate to keep going back to last season, but Hope, Hope Powell. Oh, I don't yeah. know who that player is. And she's sitting yeah. there telling her who it is. <laughs> and he's, he's, there's none, there's no non-biased towards towards yeah. Arsenal or anyone. She's the neutral one that that knows knows the players, knows yeah. exactly what's going on, and there's going to be no problems. But there's always, always an idiot sitting next to her mm, in the stands. Yeah. My biggest gripe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to give a. I want to give a. Is occasionally yeah. an idiot. That's sadly so. My my shout out is Vicky Sparks, um, who does a lot of commentary for the BBC, yes. and and during during the Euro, she was on the radio, and uh, she really gets that passion across. Robin Cowan is great on the BBC um, on the TV coverage, just you know saying that. But I do enjoy hearing hearing because all the um, Euro commentaries on YouTube, if you can find where they are, they're fantastic. And Vicky Sparks is the one doing the commentary, and it sounds fantastic really gets the passion across um and radio comedy is obviously slightly different to tv because you're having to describe more because you obviously haven't got the visuals and um now i think she's a fantastic uh commentator um matt do you have a particular favorite uh presenter pundit writer commentator or so, you're doing great work you want to give a shout out to i w- unfortunately i've forgotten her name name she's a writer that was part <laughs> of um uh her football hub she does brilliant work she's she does it uh, as a job and unfortunately she got redundant in the but from i think it was Vavil who decided to open up women's football and she did a really brilliant job actually she was really her writing uh actually was it for Vavil? i don't think it was Vavil. i think it was goal.com and then oh, stopped. Right. um but yeah she she did fantastic there's there's fantastic people in her football hub who are just starting out on their journey as writers, as journalists, and they're doing fantastic work. Um, Amanda Zaza is a fantastic journalist as well. The uh, Swedish supra- uh, soprano, would it, does that make sense? Mm. She, she's fantastic with those sort of things. So if you wanted to know anything about mm. Swedish football, she's on it. So if Arsenal get linked with Swedish players X, Y, Z, she's the she's the one to talk to. Uh, we've got a huge amount of us. I think it goes without saying that we've got the usual people, but we'll just say a little, little bit of a huge shout out to Jody Taylor, who made her first appearance as a pundit on Sky Yes, today. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yes, but um, I think I think she's because she was on um, she was at Wembley. I think I recall she was on Wembley recently. I think she might have even been on the women's football show. Um, the weekend before as well. Um, great to see that. I remember she, did, she got a job at Arsenal, doing good work behind the scenes. But it's good to see that she's made a smooth transition from um, from playing to punditry because it's you know not everybody can do it um, as as we've seen with some of the male pundits. Um, but she seems to have made that transition uh, transition very very well. I want to have a quick shout out in terms of a writing front to um, to Katie Wyatt from the Athletic, um, who does a lot of really really good written work um, and. Um, it's, yeah, I think she's been very public about some of the things she's struggled with away from writing. And I just think that makes the work she does even more amazing. Um, so I want to give her a massive shout out. And I should also say that I would not be doing writing and 
blogging and stuff and had the progression I've had um, if she hadn't given me a few pointers on Twitter, which I will forever be grateful for. Um, just how to get a blog set up because um, I would have been clueless otherwise. Um, before I move on, I do want to come to you, Lottie. I did, we did mention this um, or, or before we went on um, because one of the things they talk about or has been talked about because Emma Hayes had a press conference and one of the things she spoke about is the male, male privilege in society and especially in football and had some really good comments made um, in there that's gone around and talks of evolve or die and things like that and Darwinism and, and, and the fact that, you know, men don't understand the privilege that they have. They, I think there's an element that they take it for granted and, and obviously... I wanted to get your your opinion perspective on maybe how that's affected you um, in football and maybe beyond. Um, what, what was your stance on it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't agree with Emma Hayes, but this I'm backing her all the way. Mm. Um, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I am not a fan at all. And for me to be in agreeing with what she said in this two three minute clip from what I've seen um, is absolutely massive. Um, as a podcaster, I, I've I've had it on like YouTube lives when I've gone on other channels. Um, I think it was last year I was on a Newcastle Arsenal preview. We were away. Um, I was invited on because I'm the Arsenal fan. I know what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, and it was a case of someone turning around and said, um, I really don't like you. Um, all you've got is Arsenal-based opinions on a Newcastle preview. And I'm sitting there thinking, hang on a minute. I'm the away team. Are you talking about and what I did appreciate is my uh, friend of the podcast John he turned around and stopped the show there and then and addressed it told him it was not acceptable this is a Newcastle and Arsenal preview mm. and nobody else had any problems but this person it just decided to put their toxicity into the point mm. there's also the case of you get people on Twitter if they do they see who posts the tweet and they're all of a sudden they see that you're female, they'll jump on it. Mm. it, it as Emma, Emma Hayes described, is it, this pylon co- culture. Mm. And it, it's... Well, yeah, it is, it's privilege and thinking, oh, you're a woman, you don't know what you're talking about. And it's, yeah. it's, it's all because of what's, what's happened back before the 70s, this is why we're in the situation today. And there's so many, without being rude, dinosaurs out there yes. that just can't get their head around it and if it wasn't for people like Woodsy, Laura Woods yeah, and Alex Scott and Karen Carney and a few others mm. we wouldn't be seeing this progress that we're seeing at the moment no. No. Um, we wouldn't be seeing the likes of Ellen White or Jodie Taylor where they are now but if they mm. keep if, having systematic misogyny is is difficult and you have to face that every day as as as, as a woman when mm. you come into football yeah and breaking those barriers is so important important so we can keep growing our game um yes we've got a lot of male managers and a lot of male coaches in and around the game but how are we supposed to inspire the future generation yeah of four women like if whether they're players coaches managers coming through how do we inspire that if all you see is men in that yeah. position? Yeah. And it's not because I don't like men doing stuff. I've got absolutely no problem with it. Mm. But it's a case of it's a very men-orientated world and it needs to yes. change. And this, because this, yeah. if you look across the sports now, mm. football's the only one that's got the problem with it. Yeah. 
Yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on with that actually is, is one of the comments that this person made and was trying to, uh, I want to say, militarize the whole this whole concept and they're talking about it being an attack on white middle-aged English men you know and I think yes and quite rightly so because for too long for too long it's been that has been the only pool that there's been fished from for people to move from A to B if you were a white middle-aged man who had just been playing football you could walk into a TV studio having no qualifications no knowledge of football but because you may have scored a goal in a, in a game once you qualified as a pundit you didn't have to do the hard work in but now they have rightly expanded the pool and brought in better people who are on, you know, whether it be with women, whether it be um, people of colour, etc. You've got better people coming in. Most is like people like Alex Scott, for example. She's got her degree in journalism. She knows what yes, she's doing. And absolutely. then you, well, I think everybody knows who we're talking about. But then you've got idiots like him mm. um, coming in and saying stuff like that. He is. Him, like people like him, and like I don't want to put Jermaine Janus in this bracket. No, 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 Jermaine Janus is not a good pundit. No, he is absolutely pants. And I'll be honest with you, was it the he was doing the Euros for the women's the women's Euros? <clears throat> potentially, I, potentially. Every time he was on, I was watching it on mute. I cannot, I could not cope with him because he'd come up with such stupidity. Mm. Um, he didn't have like the research, the kind of level that by. I call it Peter Drury level because he's so good. Yes, yes. He didn't have that level, um, and you've noticed it different, like different, like the difference majorly between yeah. the two comment the commentators and. and Sam, Sam Matterface was another one. Sam Matterface another one when he was commentating. I didn't want to mention him because I can't stand him. He, <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. <clears throat> I can't listen to him as a whole from hmm. either commentary. So I just I can't even go there with him, but he, he kind of try. He's got a bit more effort than yeah. say the likes of Jermaine Janus and. Yeah. My my feeling Drew is, Martin. well, yeah. But the thing with that is, is I think is that they see it as a tap because nowadays you can't just um, pardon my French half ass it. You have you know people like the Alex Scotts who've done the degrees. They've worked hard and they do their research. They know their onions and they're coming in. And she too was many alongside playing for the Arsenal. Absolutely, absolutely. And too many men who didn't have to do that because they could just because they were white male privilege could just walk into it are suddenly finding themselves out. Of, you know they're being out maneuvered by better people coming in, and absolutely. it's rather I mean, the than change. So yeah. Things are changing, and it's again. Excuse the dark, uh, Emma Hayes slash Darwinism. Yeah. It's it's evolve or die. Yeah, like, and if you don't like it, suck it up and move on. Absolutely, you can either better yourself and make yeah, yourself not going anywhere. Yeah, you can either better yourself or you can just scream at the clouds and say no. It's not the fact that you know they're better than me. It's a conspiracy because I'm better because I'm a man. And so that is just nonsense. But because they're so egotistical men, you've had it right all right for years they can't accept it and it's sad um but i want to say a shout out to all the, the women we've mentioned and plenty more yeah we, we we could list off so many but you know we have got to move this podcast on to arsenal versus chelsea just which we're going to do then um just on that do you look at someone that on the other side of that stephen warnock is doing quite a lot with sue smith now mm, whether it's yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit odd that he's now sort of transitioned into the women's game but it's he's, good at least yeah. he knows what he's talking about it's like ian right another one Massive yeah, shout out. Right. We should say Ian Wright as well. Stephen Warnock did a lot of uh, co-coms with Izzy Christensen on the Euros. Um, he's definitely committed to that, and that's really good to see um, because it works both ways. You know, it's great to have women on the doing the men's football. It's great to have men 
doing the women's football and not just doing the women's football, knowing the game as well. Um, and yes, we have Mass- obviously Master Shadow Ian Wright, just the, the biggest hero of them all, quite frankly. And the um, biggest Arsenal fan, I think. I biggest think Arsenal fan. Number one spot. For the women's Absolute. fans, anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's just move on. Let's just move our our ship, our good ship, Arsenal, a good ship podcast to the Arsenal versus Chelsea preview. Um, I've gone over a little mini pop quiz. Um, I want to see if you how much you know about Arsenal's history going into this game in terms of results. Uh, so obviously, Lottie, <laughs> Lottie, you were obviously there for when we beat them three two. In uh, 2021, I believe 21, the Emirates Stadium. Great night, great day out. Before then, when was the last time? Give me a year, a year. When was the last time they won a home game against Chelsea? Before that game, give me have a have a throw a dart at a year and see how close you can get. The first game that comes into my head, but that's at Kings Meadow. Home uh, game, home home game, home yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just trying to think. Hang yeah. on, 2018. No, late, earlier than that, much, much, much earlier than that. Matt, do you have a go? Matt, have a go. I was, I was gonna think that it was around 2015. 2013, it was. They, yeah. Yeah. Was the closest. Yeah. What's he won that one? Uh, so I want to see uh, in these uh, overall home and away, Matt. Has there been more Arsenal wins, uh, Chelsea wins, or draws? Since when? Uh, uh, since the start of the WSL, WSL, right, okay, WSL so league games. Yeah. There have been, uh, well, that's another question, but very quickly, has there been more Arsenal wins, Chelsea wins or draws? What do you reckon? So WSL started in early 2000s. Oh, 2011, um, actually, but we'll gloss over that. <laughs> early 2010s? Yeah, Chelsea yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you're talking about over 10, 10 years. Um, well, I'll say Arsenal because I know Chelsea have been on a r- bit of a run in previous years but yeah. Arsenal had that huge advantage because Chelsea were just bringing themselves into it. So there have been 25 games home uh, between them. The reason it's not numbers is because there's only one game in the spring series and that was actually away at Chelsea. There have been six draws, 10 Arsenal wins, sorry 10 Chelsea wins but only nine Arsenal wins. So sadly on this arm wrestle Chelsea have just nudged ahead um, but we're hoping to change that. Uh, in 2014 who scored their first league goal for Arsenal in this fixture? They they still play for the club. No? No don't takers? I'm going to give it a guess. Go on, I'll, I'll say Kim Little. No, it was Leah Williamson. She scored her first oh. goal for Arsenal oh, in the wow. fixture. A nice chip over the keeper. Sadly, we lost the game 3-2. And the reason I say that is if you're watching uh, Football Focus, you would have seen that Leah Williamson has learned to play the piano and has done a uh, wonderful piece with BBC Sport. I think it's called Out of Office. And there's a series on YouTube covering uh, uh, sports people doing things out of the comfort zone. And she has performed with, the, I think it's the BBC Symphony Orchestra or something like that, and performed wow. a beautiful Shania Tain piece. Do check it out. It's Richard. Firstly, she, she, she nails it, as we would expect, but it's really good to see. And uh, obviously, we hope to see her back playing for the Arsenal soon. So quick news on the uh, about the game, in case you weren't already aware. Uh, for Arsenal, Jonas has confirmed, apart from Lena Hurtig, all players are fit and ready to go. On Ch- on Chelsea, yeah, no, sad Lena Hurtig was injured during... I'm sorry, um, I'm gutted for her. Yeah, absolutely. She can't catch a break. Confidence is back through the roof and absolutely. this has happened. 
Absolutely. Oh, we were hoping it was just yeah. bad for her because every time she gets a couple of games, that's it. It's something happens, whether it's yeah. toe or twist of an ankle or whatever, and it keeps her out for a while. What it is. No, I just said it was a knock picked up uh, in international duty. Sure. I, I can't remember if it's Switzerland or Spain she was playing, but um, she got injured, sadly. Yeah, she, yeah. Was it subbed at half time as well? Mm. So it could be a muscle tear or something. Mm. I, I, I was hoping this was going to be and not a tear, tear means longer time out. Mm. I, I was hoping this was going to be her, you know, big season. You know, lost mm. last season due to injury. She obviously scored in Europe, scored away at Leicester, and yeah, back in the treatment table. But hopefully, it still, is a mo- still time. We're still almost time. at the halfway point. We're not there. We've got the winter break. Yeah, she might be back in the new year. And we're not short Fingers of options. Crossed. We're not short of options. We have got. Oh, the I know that, but I like to see her get some minutes. I just feel bad yeah. for her. Mm. She, she deserves better but um Absolutely. yeah all, all of us here hoping her to make a quick recovery um if she's fit for tottenham even better but if not we'll hopefully see her in the new year where she'll be fit and fighting on the it's on the blues <laughs> and and mccabe and, and so on on the blue side of london or the boo side of london as i tend to call them uh <laughs> sorry that was that was terrible uh emma hayes has confirmed that guru writing and melanie leopold are back in training uh yeah, but Millie Bright is still out, as is uh, I believe it's uh, Kankovic is out as well. So yes, the, um, Sam Kerr is uh, Sam Kerr is an unknown at the moment. So this this is an interesting aspect. She's fine. Don't give me unknown. She's fine. Well, she, I don't I, trust I, I, her. <laughs> when games I, like this come along. I do not trust Emma Hayes. But uh, I will be shocked if she is not there tomorrow, and I will be so happy. It's interesting that both Chelsea and Arsenal don't have their best defenders available to them. We don't have Leah Williamson. They don't have Millie Bright. So as concerned as I might be about our back line. All of a sudden, maybe there's something there, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Right, uh, Matt, you... I was going to say it. about Nguyen. She got injured oh, during yeah. the um, uh, Netherlands uh, under-23 match, and yeah. I think it was an MCL she ended up with. I was hearing ACL. ACL, MCL, one the other. That's yeah, yeah. That was no, that, well, that was that didn't come up in the press conference, but that had been Emma, made. Emma Hayes public. won't mention that she's tight-lipped on them kind of injuries. It, it, we know, you know, it was, we know, it was, we know it was made public. It was made public on their Twitter account. Oh, okay. If yeah, Sanko doesn't is it yeah. isn't a hundred percent. I imagine she's going to be on the bench, which I mean, yeah. I would imagine that means Lauren James would move further up the pitch and yeah. Frank well, Kirby. Well, plays well, this is what account. we're going to we're jumping ahead. This is what we're going to get to. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, with Sam Kerr, they'd be managing a foot injury she's had, but. I think Matt's right. If she doesn't start, she's coming off the bench. I can't see her missing this game. A game of this magnitude, I can't see her missing out. Um, little interesting bit about yeah. their run of run of form. Uh, both teams have actually won their last six WSL games. And the last time neither of them won were both in draws in Manchester, where they both scored last-minute equalisers. So, yeah, so curiously, there's been a sort of a mirror, mirroring of the two of two teams going forward. But has but, Chelsea lost at all this season? Uh, sadly not. That's the one thing. It's, unfortunately, oh, the, the diff- well, if the stars if the stars want to align, this is the ideal time for them to lose. Absolutely. This is but, the, yeah. our but only... Chelsea... Oh, sorry, guys, <laughs> my power just went there. Oh no, we need, that's that's a shocking turn of events. But hopefully we got you back. Yeah. Um, to the yeah. audio listeners, my power just all flash. I'm so sorry. Um, yes, the only the difference between these two our two teams are, of course, the we we fumbled it at home to Liverpool opening day of the season, and that is a difference between the two sides, sadly. But we are better since then. We have grown. We our, our big players are new players are integrating the team, so we've got a better chance. So, firstly, Arsenal, Matt. Uh, we'll start with you. Defense. How do you think we're gonna line up? Um, I wouldn't be surprised 
if we decide to opt for a back three in this one. Ooh. And the only okay. reason I'm saying this is because effectively Chelsea are going to have Kirby, uh, Wrighton, James, and oh, I can't remember. There's a couple of other ones in there that, that, that probably people will probably throw at me. Let me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Either way, there's, there's, they've got plenty of attack power, yeah. and it would make sense to have, go three five two or three six one. Um. <laughs> three six one. Wow, that is really <laughs> well, well, really you, clogging up the midfield. Well, the alternative is you go four six zero or six four zero. Um, but we don't have enough central defenders for that to work. <laughs> there was a, there was um, a Scotland manager who memorably did that and was rightfully slated for it. Um. <laughs> In a one-all draw, I think it was. Um, so you you think we're going to go defensive? You think I we're going to? I think gonna... we'll go defensive. Um, I have a feeling Lottie. Uh, sorry. Ding. <laughs> <Again. laughs> oh dear, that's your fault. That you started it. Lotta will start as a centre back. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd probably imagine Steph will also be there alongside Amanda, and then we see Casey move to wing back. Normaritz. Also, as a wing back um, in that midfield, uh, I imagine Caitlin's going to start alongside Beth. Then that probably means who's pivot. I think this is where it's going to be an we'll, issue. We'll come, we'll come back to the midfield in a bit. We're just going to just focus on defence for now, and then we'll move on to the midfield because I wanted to come to you for this one, Lottie, um, providing the power stays on long enough. Um, because I, my thought was maybe a back four, but if you play a back four, you pretty much got to choose between Noah Maritz and Katie McKay, but right back. Who would you pick? Katie. Katie. Mm. Katie McCabe, and then I'd bring on Noah. Noel. Once the goal, the goals have gone in and up. Well, once we're fi- once we're five nil up, we'll bring Maritz on and hold down for the win. <laughs> well, when it, when we're ahead, bring Maritz on on in during the second half mm. for me because. She's gonna be that fresh legs. That's gonna be the difference between no disrespect to Kate between us conceding or not. Yes, I feel. Um, so yeah, Kate McCabe my, all the way. My thing. I mean, we want to have Katie McCabe in the team at all costs because she's so good. Mm-hmm. But the the problem is, is the two. If we're playing a back four, and we have been playing a back four the last few games, I do get Matt's idea of playing a back three, and I think mm-hmm. there is the potential for it. My feeling is we played a being a back three in, in, against Liverpool. I still have nightmares over that. This is not that, the game to test that in. Full stop. Yeah, I feel I feel we've got to. You know, every time that we play this team, and we play Emma Hayes, she is baying for blood. She has not forgotten Jonas's celebration. Absolutely. Chelsea are playing back three all the time. Though, they do the play back three. That's so the thing. It kind of makes sense to replicate they what they do. They've all been playing longer together than what we've got. Yeah. I think Chelsea yes, can't... we've got the poor relationships, but the new people in that team do not have that yet. There's still I, work I, to be built. I would... Although it's slowly clicking, there's still work to be done as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Jonas is trying to build a back four with Lotta and Amanda and as it is getting better as the season progresses and there is element of that if you chuck, switch to a back three you suddenly you lose a bit of that because they've, they've got a new there's that memory muscle of being in the back four. I wouldn't be surprised I think there is the potential for the back three. I, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. begrudge him because I can understand the idea of they've got a lot of threat we need to counter that. There is also the argument of you are playing at 
the Emirates Stadium against Chelsea, you're the home tobe. And I don't want to go down the Mark Skinner route of well, we're at home, we have to attack. But it's not very good if you're being if you're being out if, if you're being defensive team and they're swarming on you and it's the home game. And I I think back and I think back it time and time again. Um, which again, that probably ended Joe Montemiro's career at Arsenal. Um, we had a home game against Chelsea. We were top of the league. Chelsea came and we set up appallingly. Just our shape was off. We, I think we'd gone for a crazy... If you look at the BBC website, it shows the formation. It's insane. We had a back three. Um, Jonas got the team... Uh, Jonas, Joe Montemiro got the team horrifically wrong and we got battered 4-1. And that was in Meadow Park. And it was a really... It was just before lockdown. It was a really, really bad result. And Joe said afterwards, yep, we got the team wrong got the setup wrong and that is why this this decision is so crucial i think there is but i the problem is yeah with mccabe is if you want to play her she's obviously a left left back left winger but we're not i, I can't see us ditching ford and catley because the access is that left wing access is so logical and works so well and it's such a threat you pair the right back you keep her but then you lose a bit of defence. I just don't. I think she's weaker defensively on the right, and we saw that against Leicester when they got down that that, that flank too many times. So it's a conundrum for Jonas. I would put McCabe on the bench. I would start Moritz, but I think McCabe would be a very good option off the bench, which I think we would use in attack later in the game. And I think this is again back to that mindset of starters and finishers. We're going to have a lot of really good players and players that we do like and think should start on the bench and the reason that is the case is we've got so many good players especially in attack and so this idea that a player on the bench is some kind of shun or insult that's you know that's not the case so i think mccabe as a finish off the bench would be a really good um option but you know who knows with these sort of things moving on to the midfield and it's another it's another <laughs> it's another mind struggle because for years and years and years and years and years you know you could probably go back to when we were playing in in like you know 1999 if an old FA Cup team sheet it would show Kim Little and Leah Velti as the two midfield pivot because that's how long they've been in the team it feels at times but that has always been Kim Little and Leah Velti that's our midfield pivot will go you know it, it picks itself not anymore absolutely <laughs> not anymore not. so we have four we it's like it's like um when they do the um the street fight thing you know, choose, choose your warrior so you've got you have got yeah. that you of all the four, you've got uh, Victoria Pelot, Vakari Cooney-Cross, uh, Leah Velti and Kim Little with the asterisk that Velti and, and Little haven't started a game, I think probably since the Man City game, I want to say, I think, since they they came off the bench, didn't they, against um, against West Ham late on, so they have had a mm. bit of a kickabout. Of those four, Lottie are going to come to you first. Who are you starting to? I'm going to upset Matt and go with Victoria Pelot and Kyra Cooney-Cross. I'm sorry. Ooh, Their form is just... Absolutely brilliant at the minute. Yeah, I'm mm. sticking. Um, I enjoy watching the pair of them to do them too. Um, could be a bit of favouritism with Kyra Cooney Cross, but really, I, <laughs> no, I'm loving the combination of them two. Um, Victoria Pelova, her game's just stepped up another level this season, and it's so exciting to see because she's not this timid character anymore. Um, because mm. when we first saw her and she went in on um, on Leo Volti. I was like, who the hell is this woman? And then we kind of got her and that sort of side of her disappeared. Mm. Whether it was a case of her settling down or, and stuff like that. I would still, still say she still has that aggressiveness in her, but she, she doesn't show it. Yeah, but she doesn't, she doesn't do it on our players anymore. <laughs> but when she first arrived, that kind of disappeared because it's new settings, new surroundings. Yeah. And then fast forward to this season, different player, yeah. the aggression is back. 
and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Although I, I, I did have a few choice words for her last season. Well, before we got her. Absolutely. Like Matt did when it came to Leah Volte. It's, it's a younger midfield than, than Kim and Leah, obviously. But Kim and Leah gave us a lot of experience. And I also think back to when we have played well against Chelsea in previous games, I think back to the, the Conti Cup final. I think back to when we drew nil-nil at uh, at Kings Meadow, uh, one of the best nil-nils I've ever watched, through my fingers. One of the worst. <laughs> uh, it was it was awful. I mean, it was it ultimately cost us the league, but it was quite the contest. I, I, you know, just brilliant. Kim Little won player of the match in both those games. She does up her game for these occasions, and my only fear with those two players, who um, Koken Cross and Victoria Pulova, is they've been brilliant for us at the heart of the midfield. But this Chelsea is a different beast. It's not like playing Brighton and, and West Ham and, and, and Leicester. This, you know, there is um, there are some monsters in that midfield. And do they have the experience not to be swatted aside by them? Would they benefit from a Kim Little or, or a Velti? That That's my feeling on that one. But Matt, I'll come to you. Um, I think we can guess what who one of your midfielders are going to be. But uh, <laughs> why don't you tell us who, who would be oh, your dream? Two, uh, number 13. Assuming, assuming we're going to have a pivot or two, who would your two be? You know what, you you haven't even mentioned goalkeepers before this. Well, hang um, on, we'll go get to that. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, midfielders, I, I, th- I think you're going to be a bit surprised by this but I think Kim Little starts first and foremost because she's captain right. mm. so then it's a case of who do you want to be partnering her who do you think is going to be more beneficial cutting the lines or um being at more of an outlet um it's difficult to say because Cara Cross does that quite well she's she can get up and down pretty easily knows how has got a couple of assists um but in this game, I would probably say she has to be on the bench, not because of she's inexperienced, but more because I think it will be one where Jonas will have to tell her sit and watch, see what see what the um, mm. see what if there's anything that just keep an eye on everything, and mm. if you see anything uh, when you get on that pitch, mm. make sure that you're do, doing that. So if he's, if, if she sees that, Fra- so for example, Frank Kirby's. Uh, running it on the right hand side she might decide right okay I'm going to switch it over to the left hand side give it more space and then all of a sudden Caitlin falls in behind and she has an opportunity then um, I, I, whereas I think Leah Valti gives us more defensive solidarity at the moment I'd say that's kind of more needed because of um, Chelsea's attack at the moment um, Catherine Cool has had another solid time but She's not getting that. I think I think she's sure. I don't think she is ready for a game of this. No, no offense to Katrine. I think to Katrina. I think she's an amazing player, mm. amazing talented player. I just think this might be a game too soon for her. But I think she could play in the Conti Cup game against Spurs. Mm. I think uh, that would be ideal for her. Just a little tangent on this because Jonas hasn't often played Kim in the two. He's often played her in the ten and maybe played. Pullover in the pivot with a, a Cooney Cross or a Valti. Could do you think we could see maybe Kim as a if we played say Pullover and uh, Cooney Cross as a pair? Could we see Kim maybe in the ten instead? That, uh, de- if, if you, okay. that depends on well, Viv's only getting small minutes at the moment, isn't she? So there is that spot open, but then you look at um, Frida, uh, Frida, yeah, Frida, who's been on fire at the moment. 
Um, yeah. You're going to remind me now how many goals she scored in the mo- in consecutive games now, aren't you? I think it's about she, two um, or three. She scored a few. Yeah. <laughs> she a few. She's looking like a normal self, like the back back from last season. Like there's none of this. She's gotten the Hengarisa uh, monkey off her back. Back, yeah. I think there's a there's a there was a case of the potential that the there was a confusion of how she would work with Russo, and I think one of the things that was suggested, I think that maybe it was in the in the West Ham, either the West Ham game maybe or the or the or Brighton game that that Russo would come deep and Frida would maybe go past her and become almost almost like a striker, and you could have maybe that way of the you know because because Russo likes to come deep as we know. Um, and maybe it, you can you, you can that's how you would play off Frida. Um, I think there's a case for Kim at ten. We know what her she's like on the ball, her pressing with her ball retention. Um, you know she can um, turn and twist away out of anything, and she's going to be pressed by those Chelsea players. And she will, she's obviously our captain and has experience. Um, so again, this is again we've got too many great players to fit into one team, but it means we have great options on the bench. Unfortunately, we can't sub every player on. Um, as you mentioned, Matt, there were goalkeepers. Just want to quick, quick um, it's, it's, it's one or the other. I think Manu's going to start. Um, Lottie, is there a case for Sabs or do you reckon it'd be Manu again? It's got to be Manu. I yeah. don't think Sabrina's really for a game of this magnitude again. No, no. Um, no disrespect to Sabrina. I absolutely adore her after what she did against Man City, Man City. Yeah. last season. Um, but no, Manu. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Quick one, Manu, Sabs. And then I would, uh, I, I, every time I, I suggest we swap goalkeepers, it doesn't happen. So I, mm. I, I would like to see Sabrina in goal because the amount of times that Chelsea are going to put long crosses into the box mm. um, and everything, Sabrina's made for that. I mean, we saw last season, we thought Katrine Berger was going to go in goal for Chelsea. Turns out it was going to be Musevic. Um, well. So I have a feeling that Musevic is going to start in goal for Chelsea, but I yeah. think we're going to stick with Manning, unfortunately. I, I, feel, I, feel kind of pro- I feel kind of um sorry for Sarah because obviously the one game she's played in the WSL was that game at Man United mm. and she had that awful error. Didn't with the she, clearance. Didn't she, she, played, um, she played against she played City. She played Spurs as well. She was in goal at Spurs because yes, um, we were discussing the pitch, pitch and the Beth England took the penalty. And I said, no, I mean, sorry, I mean, this season. Sorry, this season. Oh, this season, yeah, yeah she's had yeah, one game. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I yeah. thought you meant like first No, 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 because she, she, she played at home Man City as well in the league. But it, it was the idea that we'd, we'd use Manu or Sabs depending on the mm. situation. But it feels like Jonas has sort of defaulted onto Manu, Manu, Manu. Um, and Sabs has only had one game, which is the Man United game, and she had that error and she has she's only played the Conti Cup games. And I would like to see Sabs start a bit more, but. I, yeah, I think he's going to, again, default on experience. Manu's played in these games before, um, knows knows how these that will go, and I think that will just edge it. Um, last bit point is obviously the attack. Um, so many options. <laughs> I mean, we've got options coming out of our ears here. This is, this is It's amazing, but it's almost impossible to pick. So um, we had a bit of a mini discussion on the 10, but I want to focus sort of on the, the front three. Um, I think we could probably have a good stab at who our right winger will be. Um, but I want to see who are you going to pick for your lead striker um, and left winger first? Well, all three, all three. What are your front three going to be? Um, Matt, I'll come to you first. Who's your dream oh, front three? I thought you were going to go lusty first. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> glad. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I hate start, this. I think it's going to... Yeah, I think the logical one would be that Stina starts this one. Okay. Because okay. she's been on fire. She's been very good coming on scoring the goals and showing how it can be i i 
I think that with Emma Hayes watching the Lionesses as well, she's going to be extra prepared for Alessia. She knows her inside and out almost she's, pretty much. Alessia used to play for Emma Hayes back in yes. the day. So I would imagine it would make more sense to bring Steena on and then Alessia be, be that impact sub. Um, okay. But I just think because of the way that the season's gone so far, it's always been Alessia starting, shiny new toy. She goes up front first. Steena, you're coming on. 60th minute. She has been a good option off the bench, though. I mean, it worked wonders against Man City. Um, you know, when you want to, when you need to, when you're under the cosh and you need somebody to aim for, or running behind, Steena can do that. Um, I mean, it helps when the keeper runs into no man's land and loses track of the ball. But it is, it is an option. I, I do take your point, though. Steena's obviously led the line and did very well in the Conti Cup final when she had that role. Um, Vasily Striker, who's your, who your wing is going to be? I, th- I think it's going to be Mido. Mido's going to start. And yeah, makes sense. Then it, would, it, it doesn't make sense at the moment because of Katie McCabe. I have a feeling that it's going to be Caitlin Ford playing on that left. So yeah. um, no offence to Chloe or anything like that. I think Chloe, well, <laughs> with the amount of players, what we said that they could come on, then... I mean, Mead, Mead off the bench is an amazing position. Yeah, if you wanted to play it that way, the other way around, having Mead off the bench is brilliant. Worked, worked for England against the Netherlands, but we know that there's something about Chelsea that Mido likes likes this game. We know this. I did. A, I mean, I dropped a, a tweet out the other day because Chelsea fan isn't she in the in this fixture? Chelsea in have our this squads. Chelsea have this idea that Mido is somehow not a threat to them. Um, history was they otherwise. Even at Sunderland, she's got a hat trick against it for Sunderland. I mean, for some reason, as much as I hate this fixture, I think Beth Media is the only one who actually likes it because she always seems to contribute in some way. So and Viv I, and, and and Viv. Um, I think Viv will be on the bench. I mean, that would be fair, I think. But she should be a great bench option. And I do agree. I think Ford will start. Um, and again, I feel sorry for Lacasse because Lacasse has been brilliant. I think you could make a case for her to start on the right if it wasn't for the fact of Meade's history in this fixture. Um, but Lottie, I'll, I'll finish on this bit with you. Um, who is your front three, given our options? All right, going from left to right, Caitlin Ford. Mm-hmm. Up top, Dina Blackstenius and Chloe Lacasse. I just feel like as much as I love Mead, I adore her to bits. Her coming off the bench is an option for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, again, prime example, um, England v the Netherlands. Yeah. That and her eagerness for this fixture, it mm. will give us that boost we need. Whereas I think Chloe coming off the bench, it won't mean as much as it would to Mead as she comes off. There's, so, defi- there's definitely a psychological boost because you hear it in the crowd because of all the yeah. players in the team. I remember with the Villa game, all the players would want, there's only one player that gets a roar from the crowd when they warm up, and that's Beth Mead. Yeah, and there was, no, and, exactly. And, and we had it at the Netherlands. When she was warming up in the Netherlands, there was a roar when she was running around. There was a roar when she came on the pitch. She has she has captured that, the... That's the yeah. 12-man game changer for me. And I just think also Chloe Lacasse is one of those wild cards that the Chelsea defence without Millie Bright haven't dealt with before. That is true. And, and that just... excites me. And you were saying Especially that about... Especially um... with how she's been playing. Yeah. I mean, you look at the goal against Man United. Well, there is that. And I should say, with Man United, you, you were saying about back three, back five, Lacasse could be a right-wing back option, apparently. Yeah. She's, she's played there before. So I think it's unfair. It'll be, I think Lacasse maybe deserves to play in the game. I'm think, mm-hmm. I'd like the idea of me coming off the bench. 
I'm in Jonas's mind, I think he will start Mead. I think it's interesting that either of you have gone for Russo as a lead striker. Could she potentially be the... I would, I would actually, I would be, I'm going to do this a bit randomly. I'd actually put her in the 10 and bring Frieda on later. That's exactly or what I was going to say. Could you see having a, well, you've obviously said it, but I said to Matt, this is what I was going to get to. Could it be we'll have a twin striker situation with a Russo 10, Steena 9, like we saw uh, yeah. away at Brighton? I, I like the idea of that. Um, mm. I know Frieda's on fire, but you can always take Leslie Russo off. Um, yeah. No player is, I don't know how to put it, is not... Indispensable. Yeah, indispensable by rotation. Because yeah. as much as we all love seeing Leslie play, there's also a, a point if you need to give give her a rest. Yeah. Because she's no. on 90 minutes for England solidly all the time. Um, I mean, she she came off the bench. Well, she came off the bench in the last two internationals. And to be fair, mm-hmm. against Evelyn, she was she was a really good but option. Normally, she, normally she's the starter. She starts every time. Yeah. So, well, this is I'm going to get to. She she came off the bench against Evelyn, which was great, and actually was crucial in the build to the winning goal. But mm-hmm. against uh, Scotland, she didn't really do much. Um, in fairness, most of the team didn't do much, but she didn't really have the impact she did in, in the previous game. And we saw against Belgium, um, I mean, Jonas has gone on record to say she's one of the best finishers. We've got a really good finisher, but unfortunately her finishing boots were absent um, in those Belgian games. One of the many reasons, as if you've listened to the, if you listen to the pod, you'll find out, um, we fell short in that aspect. Moving away from Arsenal and over to um, the, the team that must not be named, um, of all the players that they're going to play, and they've got you know a whole catalogue of talent there. Let's let's be honest. As much as you know, for gritted teeth, who's the one player you fear the most? Um, Is I'll that go. even a question? <laughs> Just who's the one you? It's your, Sam your... Kerr. Let's be serious. She's the greatest striker in the world. Sam Kerr. She all, yeah, she all she she not, always seems not... to get the better of Lotta, and that worries me. Um, okay, that's interesting. So. But I think the, what, the only Chelsea player I'm looking forward to seeing is Kadisha Buchanan and whether she slips up again. Well, That's there is that. There is, there is that. There is that <laughs> silver lining. Um, the but... only Chelsea player I want to see. <laughs> Away from Sam Kerr, though, I'll come to this, because that's an easy option. Mm. Of all the players... Rude. Tab, 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 well, it is. It, I mean, we all know Sam Kerr because she keeps scoring against us. But <laughs> I, think, I think there are a few players... She gets players... a goal without fail, though. Am I right? I, I... I think there are a few players that maybe we should be aware of, and it's not just Sam mm. Kerr. And I was going to come, Matt, is there any there? I've got one, and I want to see if any of you mention it first. So, Yeah, going back on it, well, obviously people are going to say Guru Rice, and, but for whatever reason, every yeah. time I see her, it's just she gives like a six or seven out of ten. I was, again, I went to um, Everton versus Chelsea, and mm. nothing really. I could, you could probably say Frank Kirby, same mm. again. It's, it's it seems to be at the moment she's not given a hundred percent. She's only getting eighty, ninety. But then again, this sort of game she'll probably step up. Um, I actually go back to the Conti Cup. I actually rewatched it. Um, I think it was a couple of days afterwards, and it was Leopold's that hit the crossbar. And it was like a looping cross that yeah. was sort of miscue. Yeah, it does make you think that there's more to her that meets the eye because she plays in a defensive role. So I'd probably say Leopold's on that. that. So neither of you went for my option, which was Aggie um, Beaver Jones. Ooh, I she's, thought you were going to go for Lauren James. Well, she's the she's obvious looking one. Good at the moment. Lauren James <laughs> looking very talented, but I think Aggie Beaver Jones. Matt, you think she mm-hmm. was alone at Everton, wasn't she, last she season? She was, yes. And and crunched Liv out his ankle, if I recall. Yes. Yes, she did. Unfortunately. 
So Aggie Beaver Jones oh, yeah, scored she got, in her. She got sent off for that, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, she, oh, yeah, she, she did. did, didn't she? Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't remember. I thought she would maybe got booked. Sorry, but... the first thing, the only thing I remember about that game is the aftermath and the social media and that crap yeah. shit. Yeah. Aggie Beaver Jones has scored in her last five WSL matches. I think she is a player that is on form, and I think she's a youth product with Chelsea. I think um, she will want to make her mark on this game. I have no doubt, and I think the, as you rightly say, Lottie, the focus is on Sam Kerr because she is a star striker. You know, will she start? Will she be on the bench? And I think it will be um, it'll be it'll be ill advised of us to focus against that and not look at there are some hazards there, and likewise Arsenal, there are some hazards in that team that could be that could. Slip, we could slip up on, and I think Aggie Beaver Jones is definitely one of the main players to look out for. And Lauren James, I know sometimes with some getting in the Conti Cup final, um, she blew quite cold. Uh, in the England Especially game, Especially in the Emirates game, she she was hitting everything wide and over. Yeah, but yeah, then, I'm then, gonna I'm gonna wonder if the pressure gets to her in this game. But I has, wonder, I'm also wondering if she'll be used starting to get used to the bigger crowds. So I think that's what kind of unsettled her the last few times. Um, but obviously, where I, yeah. she's been playing for England, that's given her the more experience because you don't get fifty-eight thousand people at, at a Chelsea Bridge. game. You no, just don't. No, not yet. Um, I, I, not I, that. Not that you can. Not that Stamford Bridge has that many seats, no. but and they play there very often. But Kings Meadow is it's very very different. So it will be a. Although she's sort of a breakthrough star, it's it's a lot of pressure for her. I think I feel sometimes. Um, but you know, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think with Lauren James, she's one of those players that could like go 15 minutes missing shots left, right, and center, and then she'll click and she'll hit a 25 yard in the top corner. She's just got that moment where she can just it just clicks and she's in and she's just something brilliant. I mean, I look, I look back to the Scotland opportunity. That's yep. it. Look at the Scotland game, just sort of on the fringe, on the fringe, and then boom, two goals in two minutes, and suddenly she's alive and she's pinging crosses, and that is it. It's, it's mm. that's that's the worry. It's it's not the eighty-five minutes where she's quiet. It's that five-minute spell where she's red hot and tears you to pieces, and it just makes you wonder. Sorry, I, didn't, I know you're yeah. on a bit of a roll, but it, yeah. when you give these players so much space and yards, that's when it happens. Like yeah. you look at Tottenham, Caitlin Ford does it all the time against Tottenham, mm. so. You can't, as a as a defensive coach, you kind of have to look at this and go. As soon as you see Lauren James on the ball, make sure you're putting as much pressure on her as possible. You don't want yeah. to give her an, an yeah. inch because she'll, she'll turn that no, into a yard. Absolutely, because that inexperience will kick in. If she's and then on the she left, panic. If, if Lauren James is on the left, hmm. that's one bit hesitant having Katie McCabe on the right as a right back, because I think I think Katie McCabe might start. She'll have the aggression and the press. But it's whether, because she's wrong-footed, she'll be looking to come into the midfield. Is that basically going to leave a huge gaping hole in our... And then, because Lauren James will happily sprint into that. So, yeah, this is the thing. We've got a lot of ta- we've got a lot of options, serve Chelsea. Um, and my fear is it could be a cat-and-mouse game, which I'd be happy with. But it could as well. They, you know, I, I just have nightmares of that game when we, we lost 4-1. And that, that just, just, just killed off Joe Montemurra, bless him. So we'll see what happens. Um, we're coming towards the end, so we're going to finish off with some score predictions. Um, see how inaccurate we are. Uh, I've got mine, um, and it probably won't be popular, so I'll leave it to last. So, uh, Lottie, I can see in your face that you really want to uh, share a scoreline idea by I nodding really your head. <laughs> I really, really, really don't. Um, oh, I was about to swear again. Um, oh, don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to. It's fine. 
we we try to keep it PG, but it doesn't always work for me. Yeah. Um, hmm. Three two Arsenal. Three two Arsenal. Okay. I've been going three two all season. So yeah, I know. Gonna, I know. You I'm keep playing roll. that. You keep playing that card, and eventually it's going to cash in. I know, but the thing is, I know. I know that if Sam Kerr's playing gets on that pitch, it's going in the net, mm. and it takes sixty mm. seconds for Lauren James to do anything. So it's Chelsea are our team now. Yeah. It's all about the individual moments, and they cash. It's all about get the ball to the forwards as quick as possible, and and individual brilliance will get them the goals. And they got some of the best forwards in the world, and that's what that's how many days on it. It's five at the back, ultra defensive. I mean, if they take the lead, they go into lockdown. We've they seen that. Got the, they haven't got the wall, so it's going to be interesting to see how oh, they, do, yes. they cope because without the wall, Kadisha Buchanan, she she. Uh, well, we'll she see. was a bit lost to me. We'll I like no disrespect to her, but yeah. I feel like she's a bit lost without uh, Millie Bright. If I'm mm. honest with you, I know I call her the wall, but she's just absolutely solid for England. But well, when, when I we absolutely have, adore her, but when we, when we have Bright and Leah Williamson in defence, yeah, that is a that is a that is a brick wall. Absolutely, absolutely. Great Hopefully, wall, great rule, great great wall of London. London. Absolutely, uh, Matt. I'll come to you. Any score predictions? I keep on playing the two-one card. Are you so... just going to do this for the whole season? I'm just going to keep saying two-one. <laughs> I'm, wait, three, I'm two. waiting for the for it to eventually come to light. I, th- I think yeah. it did against Man, against Man City. It did. Or do you not predict it that time one time? I don't think I did. <laughs> I think I think I predicted three-one or something like that. So oh, I think my closest one was oh, what was that game, Adam? I think it was a goal out for Arsenal. It was four-two or something like that. So I was oh. close, but not close mm. enough. I think it was. Who did we beat four two this season? We beat six, we beat less than six two. Um, but other than that, we have. Yeah, I think it might have been that game, not four yeah. two six two. Okay, because yeah, you enough. predicted near near enough six nil or something like that, didn't you, Adam? Right. So you got that that kind of right. Half right. Um, yeah, half, yeah <laughs> we, we, between uh, me and Adam, we're half right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so you're going two one. Go, I'll go two one. Yeah. I, but I hope it's not like Villa where it's like a last minute winner no it, it, exactly i mean i was thinking of draws and i was thinking like psychologically with draw like the, the draw last season felt like a defeat when it was the mm. last minute equal but if we got a last minute equalizer then it would feel like a if same result but it would feel it would like be a glorious it would be glorious yeah, and just running down the other end of the pitch and... just i should say and i'm gonna and this um we're on the pitch absolutely um, now, after what I'm about to say, I can confirm this will be my last big one on the podcast because Lottie will murder me uh, and not have you back on. I should just say a little oh, fat thing. Why? Emma Hayes has it... never won at Emirates Stadium. Uh, just going to throw it out there. It's Oorah. in our record. Jonas says, yeah, played, we, paid, we paid him twice. Well, we paid Chelsea three times at Emirates Stadium. So it's been two wins and a draw. So it's come a bit of a fortress, which is nice. Um, so based on that logic, based on the fact that obviously we have a very good record at home. If you're not going to say what, I, what you're going to say, I'm I am... I'm yeah. oh. <laughs> oh my oh god no. and that was rather fitting. sorry I'm that was my I'm power dipping. everybody like for the audio listeners i do apologize my electric's just gone again the wind is very bad outside and i've got no street lights outside but i have got electric in my house i'm so predicting this is creepy a three 0 win to chelsea and i'm playing i'm playing the uh playing the odds because i know if, if we lose i'm right and if i'm wrong we win so either way i'm a winner so i'm playing i'm playing both both hands, which means, of course, it will finish in a draw, and I will be completely wrong. <laughs> There's me but, thinking you were going to predict a loss for us. Okay, I am. don't worry, I'm free, guys. I'm I'm he lives a, to present another day. We're I'm good. Predict, I'm predicting a three-nil loss <laughs> to Chelsea. <laughs> I'm playing both cards. Oof. So I'm playing someone's odd. asking to be be the bloody. Um, yeah. So, if and if you'd like, for the next yeah, if three like, months, and on that as basis, a punishment, 
And me and Matt are just going to chill out. And you can host every single show. If you want to be a a co-presenter slash host on the uh, Vic Hager's Wonderland podcast, (laughs) why not write to us at (laughs) VAWpod? Because I won't be here. On Twitter. And on Twitter. Um, And on that bombshell, as they say, um, it is time to end the preview. I am absolutely bricking it. I think most of us are. But it's going to be a magic special occasion um, because win or lose, it looks like we're going to break an attendance record. We're going to we're going to be pushing the women's game even further. And I just hope it's a really good competitive game. Um, I hope you know plenty of goals from us. I hope for the win. You know, as much as I am, I'm I'm betting against my own hand. Um, against my, I hope for the win. I hope that the team pull through because if we do win, it's level on points. We have one more game and it's a Christmas break. And then I think if we do win, the title race is on. And it looked like, and that will be a very, very special occasion. But before we go, just a quick chance for Matt and Lottie to tell us all where they can find them in that scary wild west of social media. So, Matt, where can we find you? You can find me on Matt LR28. Excellent. And Lottie, where can we find you? Did you just call me Lottie T? Okay. No, it's a right. Lottie. Where can we you find, can find you? <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. I'm tired. Um, you can find me at Lottie underscore AWFC Instagram for all my match day photos, even with these two wonderful co-conspirators I have on my screen. <laughs> There's me trying to be nice. Um, but yeah, as well as as well as Twitter as well. My handles are the same. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said earlier, if you want to follow our uh, Twitter feed on the pod, keep updated with all the latest updates and, and uploads and at at VAW pod. Um, do give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe. It's it's always great to uh, know that people are loving the content we're producing and loving it as much as uh, we are making it. Because um, I think we, we still do love it, don't we? Yes, yes, we do. Of um, course we do, even though sometimes so, it is occasionally taught. It is taught to, but I can, I can only apologise. Um, if you want that's to, if, the curse of being an Arsenal fan. So I am yeah. not, I wouldn't change it for the world. And if you do enjoy this content and for some reason enjoy what I'm doing as well, uh, you can follow me at Adam Salter 4. Um, but if you don't, then quite frankly, don't blame you. But that's it. That's the end. We've, uh, we, we think we've pretty much covered everything. All that remains for us is to uh, go to sleep, wake up in the morning and, and, and make the... Uh, the slow march to Emirates Stadium and pray to uh, all all that we can that the wind comes our way. Um, it's going to be a heck of an afternoon. Um, as much as I do, I'm resenting it. I can't wait for it. I can't wait to be watching it with, with uh, my two co-conspirators. It's going to be an amazing afternoon. And as we said earlier, 58,000 tickets sold. If you haven't got a ticket already, please do come along and get one. And let's make this the, the give the team the support they deserve because quite frankly, they're going to need it. But until then, Take care, everybody, and have a wonderful weekend. Come on, you Gunners.